Welcome to our story of an impossible debt. Where first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes paying off your student loan debt. My wife and I paid off $120,000 of student loans living in expensive Orange County, California. Yes, it's a lot of money. Yes, it took sacrifice. And yes, we're crazy. We never knew how big of a decision this would be, but we always knew it would be worth it. So follow us on our journey and how we made the impossible possible. Hey everyone, it's Alex and welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us. And so on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about our marriage and just kind of what it was when we were married. And we were obviously now both working. We were living in your condo. You had a condo uh, that that you were renting out. And we wanted to just live life, right? We were living life. We were taking vacations. We were really on a budget per se. I think that you were, again, we were good with our money. I wouldn't say we were good with our money. This part of the story is going to be a perfect example of how important it is to have a plan for your money. Because as we walk through these numbers, you're going to see how we had a a substantial amount of money in our account after the move that we made. But slowly but surely, it started dwindling away. It started going away uh, because we didn't have a plan for it. So I say that we were good with our money because it's not like you allowed me to go buy like a $2,000 purse or anything like that. You would always set limits on some of my spending or some of my shopping. So and then we would always pay. We had at this point, we were using our credit card. At least you, you were, yeah, we were using our credit card and we were paying it off month to month. But I think at one point, I think we decided to pay off our credit card debt first. Well, there wasn't really any credit card debt, though. It was just every month we were paying it off as as we were spending, right? And then we decided that we weren't going to do credit cards after all. Like at right. at what point did you would you say that we decided to not use credit cards anymore? So I don't remember exactly when we stopped using credit cards. I just remember we both had a talk and we just said that. I mean, out of the research that I've done and the research that we've done together, I mean, it was evident that we didn't really need a credit. Technically, we had really really good credit, but. We just kind of came to the conclusion after the research that, you know what, credit cards just weren't for us. Not because of the, the lack of control that we have when it comes to the spending aspect of it, but it was just that we felt like it wasn't something that wanted we wanted part of our life. And so that's kind of where we were with that. But I don't remember the exact date on that. And at this point, we were over a hundred and th- like a hundred thousand dollars over. I, I'm not too sure the exact number, but on my student loans, it was roughly maybe 112, maybe 115, it was, I want to say. And so at this point, I remember you. Well, what what year is this? This is probably like 2015, 16. No, no, 2017. 2017. Even at this point, you actually wanted to do the lump sum. I think you were always trying to do research on how we can get rid of this loan or how fast we can get rid of this loan. And I think at this point, you looked up some federal, well, the federal government um, contracts with loan providers. But I think I had fed load servicing at that time. And you were trying to find out if these loan servicing places were accepting uh, lump sums. Right. And they quickly shut us down on that. And it, obviously, I just didn't know if, if it was one of those things where maybe if you ask that they would grant it. So basically what I did is I called them and I said, hey, listen, so we we have uh, a substantial or there's a possibility that we can get some money to pay this loan off like tomorrow. Because right? we hadn't sold our place. Right. We were thinking about selling the place that you were renting out to right. probably just um, get that income. So to clarify, earlier you said that we had two places. So what it was is that 
I had, prior to marriage, I had a rental property that I bought in 2009, uh, a small little condo, and I bought it literally right after the crash. And then I bought my specific, my own personal condo before I got married also in 2014. And so when we got married, you moved into the, the primary residence condo that we were living in, and I was still renting out the, the, the secondary condo. And so going back to trying to pay off these loans in a lump sum payment, my process was, well, if we sold our properties, would they let us put down that lump sum payment and possibly meet, even get a discount? That's, that was my idea. If we can get a discount, remember that was the whole thing. It was, it was at this point, it was probably like 117 of what we owed. And I thought, well, if we can get it for like a hundred, give them right? 90 or something. Yeah, give them 90 or a hundred, maybe they would take it. Because you hear sometimes that most companies would settle a debt, but this is different. This is the government and it's a government back loan. And so one of the stipulations with that is that they definitely aren't going to, they're not going to work with you in regards to lump sum payments and, and stuff like that. So I didn't know that at the time, but I didn't know if they would really even grant it. And you kept telling me, just try, call, call. And I remember I would tell, I would, I was getting, I was upset at you because I'm like, they're not going to do that. They're not going to take it. Do you remember? So my, my whole point with that was at least try. And yeah. they say no, they say no. Yeah. And so then we go to plan B and that's what it was with that. So it wasn't that I was trying to irritate you. It was just like, I wanted you to just try. And I did. And and they're they're just if you're dealing with them now, they're just I mean, you just deal with the the front end person. I just kept when I kept calling, I was like, can I talk to your supervisor? Like, I really have an important question. I'm trying to see if you can do a lump sum. And they would always put me on hold and then the supervisor would come on and then they would say, no, we don't do that. So I think I would always call even at different times just to see if I can get an, a different supervisor just to see maybe maybe that person might say yes. Well, I remember one time I think you even went like you spoke to the you spoke to the original person and then you were like, can I speak to your supervisor? And then you I think you even said like, or maybe I did. Let me speak to your supervisor. Yeah, I went all the way. Yeah, I kind went of. to like and obviously they shut us down super quickly. but. I was happy that at least we tried. We knew I would have hated for us to pay the 120 off and then come back and say, oh, you guys could have easily, you know, uh, settled this debt for a hundred thousand or whatever, or 90. That would have really irritated me. But so we tried on that and that's kind of where it all started. Uh, Cause I think that's when we at least started having the conversations because when we first got married in 2016, we weren't really, we, we would have these little conversations, but we weren't serious about it. It was, again, it was going back to what we talked about before. Well, we didn't have a plan. We didn't have a plan, but we were on the, like the 10 year plan. That was the plan and it, it sucked. And so again, I just kept thinking about, man, this is going to take forever. And what if, again, they don't, they don't cancel it at the end of the 10 years. That would have really, really irritated me. And then long story short, I mean, we ended up selling your property. And so that's kind of where we got to the point where we just, we had all these ideas in our head and it always came back down to, well, if you, the quickest, the quickest way to get rid of this is to possibly sell our two condos. And I, and, and my reasoning was always do it because like, yeah, for sure. The, the rental property was producing income and that one would have technically hurt me in the sense of like, that was like my baby. That was my first one, but they weren't going to be our homes. They weren't going to be homes that we were going to potentially live in. And even the one that we were, the condo that we were living in, it wasn't going to be our forever home. And, and so I thought, well, if that's the case, like, why not just get rid of it? And then when the time's right, come back and, and purchase them later on in life. But again, I didn't want to do that because I felt bad. I thought, you know, that was your place. Again, like you said, that was your baby. I didn't want that to be the first source of, you know, cash or income. Because I knew that I knew how much you valued that place. And so it was hard for me to see that 
you really, really were okay with letting that place go. And so, I mean, how did you feel? I mean, I'm sure you had to process that for a while by yourself. Well, I think that's, again, I think everyone's different. And this is kind of where our faith comes back into play. And so the day that we got married is the day that your debt became my debt. Like if I had any kind of baggage, which I probably did and I do, like it would have been your baggage now to carry too, because we're married. And so I never, was I upset with the debt? Was I personally like, man, this debt is like, if, if did I ever have thoughts of, well, what could we do with this money if we, if, if we didn't have the debt for sure? A hundred percent. Right. But it never dawned on me or it never came to me that I was like, okay, this isn't my problem. This is hers. Let her figure it out. But there was times when I would look at you and I wouldn't stress over it. And I feel like sometimes I would see you do research or I would see you read. And I thought like this really bugs him that we have a hundred and like $115,000 worth of debt. And I never really, I mean, I didn't question you just because I knew, I knew that was bugging you. Okay. But so now that was you in 2016, right? 20, 2016, 2017. Looking back now and seeing everything that you know now, the possibility that it doesn't get canceled, the probability of how long it's going to take for us to pay it off, like all that stuff that, that we've dealt with in the past couple of years. Now that you know what you know, do you still have that same mindset, right? Like, so the reason I was so worried about it back then, it was because I knew how much it was going to stop us from achieving our goals financially. And I don't think you were looking at it like that. You were just looking at it again, as we've said, like you were looking at it as in the sense of everybody has student loan debt. Let's do the 10 year plan. Our payment every month wasn't that bad. And so let's just keep doing it and let's just keep humming along until this thing gets forgiven and it's gone. And I think even though you would always tell me that and you would always kind of tell me like, okay, this is something that we need to get rid of, right? I think that, and I would trust you, but maybe I think I was influenced, not even influenced, but a lot of my friends would tell me we have debt. It wasn't, it wasn't like mine. I mean, I have a, a few friends that did go to USC as well, but they would say like, why does your husband want to do that? like what that's that's so much money you guys can buy a house and I think that was my mindset too was that I wanted this for our own home our bigger forever home and so I think for me I think even up to when we paid for it I was still like oh we I, I would still want to use this for like a house it's such a good down payment for a house and so I think that's always been in my mind. But again, that's probably like the the devil. I always tell my clients, you know, you have a devil on your shoulder and then the angel on your shoulder. I feel like that was more of the devil on my shoulder kind of saying, don't pay it off. Get what you want. Get that big house that you want. And so, again, like my friends would, my friends had the loans and they were making the lowest payments. And so I think it was just for me, it was like, my friends are doing it. I think we should just continue doing it. But I think now I don't regret what we did. I just think we did the right thing. So if you're out there listening, it's not that we're trying to shame you with this. If, if you're dealing with the debt right now and you did decide to purchase the home or you did decide to buy the cars. like or if hey, you're doing the 10-year loan forgiveness plan too. It, exactly. Or if you're doing the 10-year loan forgiveness plan, like that's cool. Like I'm not here. We're not here to shame you. Specifically with our story, this is what we're doing. We're just telling our story and why we did it. And so going back to the rental property part, we finally decided like, okay, we, we were going to sell. So we contacted realtors and we ended up selling the, the rental property first, not ours, our primary property. And so we sold the rental property, I believe late October of, yeah, October of 2017. And it was a really quick process. Like, I mean, it sold, I think we got an offer within the first month. 
You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, the market wasn't as crazy as, as it is today in January of 2022. But um, I remember it was a really quick process and it was like gone within like two months. And I was like, okay, that was quick. Like this was my baby and now it's gone, you know? But the the positive side is we had uh, this, this influx of, of cash in our account. I think in our accounts at the time, I don't even remember to be honest with you, but I think we maybe had like 10,000 in there on top of our investments that we already were doing. I, I was doing investments at the job that I was at at the time and I was doing really, really well. But in our personal bank account, I mean, again, we would just have money in there just to, to, you know, that kind of like that emergency fund. And at the time it was like 10 grand, I think for us. And so we would have that. And then all of a sudden we got this check. And I remember after everything was said and done, it was like, I, I want to say 90,000. I don't, I, we were trying to go back and look at documents I and, think so. and we couldn't find anything. It was really weird. Like, it, I don't know where I put them and, but I'm pretty sure it was like 90,000 that we walked away with, with that very first condo after taxes. And so actually it was 112 and then tax time came along and we got taxed like 20, $20,000. And we knew that we knew we were going to get hit with a big tax and we, we had spoken to an accountant. So we knew what that dollar amount was and it was really, really close, but that's why it went from 111 to like 90 because of that huge tax hit that we got. And so now we're looking at our bank account and we have $90,000 in there and we were discussing like, okay, what are we going to do with this? And I think this is kind of where the next couple of years we really messed up. Again, I think this was such a huge amount of money to throw at this debt that we were always going back to that devil on our shoulder who was saying, just keep it there. Just keep it there. You never know what's going to happen and you never know if you want to buy a house. Are you going to need a car? Like whatever that may be. But regardless, that's what we did at the time for that specific property. And then a year later, I think it was a year later, right? We finally came to the conclusion. And I think we weren't, we weren't happy at our condo anyways. And so we kind of wanted to get out of there just because it was, you know, neighbors around you and we were kind of getting tired of that. And so we decided to sell our main property. And so that was a decision that, again, I think we made pretty quickly. It was one of those things where it took us, I mean, it took us a year to get there. But I think that one year from when we sold the investment property to when we sold our uh, main property, we were just kind of living life. We were going on trips, not major trips, but just like little getaways to Vegas, to San Diego, stuff like that. And that was kind of our, our, our release from life and from work and just us trying to enjoy our newlywed season. And so when we finally decided to sell the primary residence, it was, it was, again, it was a quick thing. It was, we put on the market. And it was gone. We decided to rent as well. Well, well, we had decided that before we were going to sell. We said, okay, we're going to rent. And I remember, so I specifically remember that we decided to rent because we said, okay, let's see what happens with the real estate market. So we had a two-year plan and we said, okay, in two years, if if nothing happens, if there's like no correction in the market, um, then we would have just buy after those two years and we would pay off this debt. And that was that. But we didn't. We so we sold the primary residence and then we pocketed, I want to say, 80 on that one. And so that gave us basically a, a, a total of like $170,000 that we walked away with from the sale of the investment and the sale of the primary residence. And so that was a substantial amount of money. And I think this is when you were kind of always like, well, should we? Because I, I think, I think technically I wanted to get rid of the debt right then and there. But then you were kind of like, well, let's just wait a little bit and let's see what happens. And, and a part of me wanted to do the same because a part of me, you know, honestly, like I would have loved to use that money as a down payment for our primary residence for like our, our house. But I knew that if we did that, then it would have defeated the whole purpose of selling the properties in the first place. Cause we wanted to sell them for the, for the debt. And so I just remember that we just, we were stagnant. And so we didn't for the next, I want to say 
three years, we didn't do much. And a lot happened within those three years. I want to say from 2018 to 2019, we, again, we still, we just traveled a little bit. I know we took a trip to, we took a trip to Cabo. Twice. We went to Cancun once. And then we did little Vegas trips here and there. And I think after that, we were like, okay, let's take our major trips. Because we we never traveled early on as a couple. I know there was, you didn't want to go on airplanes. So we didn't travel at all. We've never really traveled. Like we didn't go to, I mean, obviously we didn't go to Europe or anything that, you know, that's big that, you know, most couples maybe do. But these were our big trips for us, at least. And we said we were going to try to have a baby right after because we were already year three into our marriage. Yeah. And so we we said, let's take these trips. Let's, you know, have our baby. And luckily we did end up getting pregnant within like three or four months. So we decided to rent and we went to this apartment and we were miserable there. I mean, I would never, you got to do what you got to do. But if you got to rent an apartment. I, I was five minutes away from work. And I think that was one of the biggest things too, is that you wanted me to be closer to work yeah. and closer to family. Right. But obviously that could be another episode but we hated where we lived we wanted to get out we were at a one and a half year lease and so we didn't really know where we were going to go from there on and then so we decided to actually rent a house that's what that's what our next step was and so because we were going to have our baby we decided that we wanted to live maybe closer a little bit closer in between your family and my family Mm -hmm. and so we we found a place and we decided to rent and um we were cozy there I would say it was a nice little place for us. I mean, it was it was a house, and it was different than than we were used to because we were in basically apartment living from the condo to the apartment, and then we we actually finally had our own little house. But again, we never budgeted really. Um, we just kind of we went along, and it, what it was is like we would look at our bank account for sure, and we were on top of it, and in the sense of like, okay, we would I think we would notice like, okay, we're overspending here, we're overspending there. Let's kind of reel it back. But it wasn't on paper. But it was not paper. It wasn't intentional. Hey, we shouldn't spend on, like, no more spending on clothes or no more spending on food. Like, we never did that. And that's kind of like what we do now. But we had our son Christmas Day of 2019. And that was literally Christmas Day. Crazy for us. Obviously, that's another um, story. But we had our son. And then, you know, that's when people were getting sick. Obviously, we were hearing right on the news, coronavirus. That was 2020. It was it was so, kind of more so out. So we had Azure of Christmas of 2019. And then we obviously came home. New Year's was fine. The first month of January was fine. And then February, I think we started hearing of these, uh, yeah, these this thing going on. And then March came along and then everything just got really serious. I think that's when you started hearing cases coming into the U.S. You started hearing people getting sick. And so we didn't know what was going on and we didn't know how serious this virus was. So we were just looking at each other and you were home because you originally we had decided that you were going to stay home for three months for the baby. Right. A little bit past a year or six weeks that you were given. So you went back late June. And so that was, that was a big reason why that was not planned. And so with everything going on, it just kind of like made me realize what, what do we want to do? And so I, that's when I kind of started getting serious on the coaching thing. That's when I started getting serious with helping people with, with their, their money. At the same time, it was like, what could we do to better ourselves? And so there was, it, it always went back to our student loan debt. And so this is kind of where we were looking at each other and we said, okay, what what's the best option for us and our family moving forward. So we're going to 
dive deeper into the numbers now, into what happened to the $170,000 that we had when we sold both properties. And at this point, it's March of, or April of 2020. So when we first got the money, the first thing that we did was, I think I had like $10,000 that I owed for, I was getting a teaching credential at the time. And that obviously didn't work out because I got a job literally right after that. That was a little bit better than that. So I stopped, I stopped pursuing the teaching credential, but I owed $10,000. That was done instantaneously. And so we went from 170 to 160. And then the next thing that we did was in October of 2019, we needed to upgrade our car because of the baby. And so we had two really small cars. And so one of the things that we did was we bought our, our used car and that was $25,000 out the door. And so that dropped us down to 135. So we had 135 and then I wasn't working again. Um, I took six months off. It was for the most part, it was unpaid. And it was for the, because of the birth of the baby and also because COVID hit. And so you didn't want to go back and potentially get sick. And- right. And we didn't know how this thing was. I mean, right. from what we were hearing, it was bad. Everybody's Everyone dying. was getting sick and I didn't want to bring that home to my baby. And so... Because we were working, that was taking a lot of our rent money and other um, expenses. And so we pretty much spent like $20,000. And so with that, we were probably at one fifteen. Yeah. So I think, honestly, like it, it was somewhere around one fifteen to maybe even 105000 that we were at. Like it's really hard to pinpoint that because we really didn't document it at that time. We're kind of just going off of what our memory. We bought other things like a nice computer. Right. We did all those things. And that's kind of what we want to get into next is that what ended up happening is that when we decided to get serious on paying off this debt, and and this is kind of when we did pay it off in one year, we looked at our account and I think it was like there was $85,000 in there. We were like, what happened? Yeah. So what happened? Right. And so for sure, we made all these purchases. We spent maybe like sixty, seventy thousand dollars between the car, between Alex staying home, but we overspent during the pandemic because it was like the panic shopping and all this stuff. Like we bought diapers, we bought formula, we were just all over the place with stuff because we, again, we were we were a little paranoid at the time. Instacart, yeah, Instacart with their fees, and so we didn't know what was happening, and that the fear drove us to do all these irresponsible things. And so when it was all said and done, I think we had like eighty, eighty-five thousand dollars in the bank, which is still a good amount of money, right? And it was still a good debt to put towards our loan. But we knew we had more, much more than that. And this was June, July of twenty twenty. So then a few months later, our lease was gonna be up because we only had a one year lease and we didn't really have a plan still, right? I had gone back to work. I was at work probably for about three months or so already. And so I was already kind of, you know, bringing in income and then we were going to renew our lease. And then boom, one day we get a phone call. It was my brother and my brother um, has a a side house. And so he said, hey, like my my renter's leaving at the end of the month. Do you guys want to come and move in? And so to clarify what we were paying at the house that we were renting, we were paying twenty one fifty and that was a month. Right. And so we were paying twenty one fifty a month. And we got this, we get this call from her brother and said, Hey, listen, this, this is going to be available. And I just kind of looked at you and I was like, man, this is it. If you needed a sign to, to get something done from God, like this was it. Like he called us literally the month, like if you would have called us a couple of days later, we would have had to renew our lease. I think we even told the lady that we were like, we're going to go, we're going to move forward with another year. We hadn't signed anything yet, right. but we had told them that like, we wanted to renew. But this was just something that we just, as a family, we couldn't 
we couldn't pass up. And also we knew that they were going to rent this place out in two weeks or the day after that we were gone. There was going to be no issue with finding a renter. So again, he got this, we got this phone call from her brother. And I just remember, like, I looked at you and I was like, this is it. Like, we got to do this, you know? And it was, I remember you were hesitant because it was going to be a completely different world. It's going to be a completely different life change than we were at. We were comfortable in this house. Asher was comfortable in this house. You were comfortable in this. Well, we were going to downsize so much. We ended up selling like half of our furniture. We sold everything. I mean, we sold everything. And then, then we, we went from, I think it was like a seven, 1700 square foot house, 1500 square foot house, maybe to like 500. I mean, this place was small guys, super grateful, super grateful for what the, the fact that we even had a house to live in. We were going to pay half what we were paying. We were gonna, so yeah. So that was the thing is we were paying 2150 at the house and on this new place, it was going to be 1400 bucks. And so it was one of those things and it was in Orange County. So it was a little bit closer to your work, a little bit closer to your mom. And so it was still in between like my mom and your mom for babysitting stuff in case emergencies came, came up, but it was just like everything. So the way I kind of look at things in life and make decisions is you got to be, you got to have common sense at the same time, you got to weigh the pros and cons and the pros on this one just outweighed the cons. The one con though was, can we really live in this downsized place with the Baby. baby with a newborn baby or with the one-year-old baby basically and we kind of decided and we looked at each other and we're like okay let's do it but the one caveat was we were going to go scorched earth we were going to go on fire to pay off the remaining 120 that we that we owed or the, the remaining i don't know what was that 30 40 40 000 that we owed yeah but not only that so that same month even like a month prior right i was looking into i wanted to get a new job I, I was I was kind of tired where I was at. People were leaving again just because of the pandemic and just um just a bunch of like uh, you know agency stuff that was kind of going on. And so, I, I you you were pushing me to get this other job that I it was it was further out. It was further out, and I didn't know if I wanted to make that drive again because of my baby. And I always felt like where I'm driving now, which it wasn't even that far. There was times when I would come home and Asher would be asleep and I it would make me, I was tearful. I was like, I'm not even seeing my child. Like, how do you want me to drive to a place that's further and I'm not even going to enjoy my son when I get home? So that was definitely a conversation we had at the old place. And that was, I think, another reason why you were okay with the downsizing. Because when we downsized to your brother's house, you were so much closer to to this new job that you got. And and so you, you ended up taking that new job because it was it was a challenge. First of all, like the pay was great, was better, obviously. And so you did that, but it was a challenge for you. You were in a different position, but being able to be closer to work was, I think, what made it easier for you. And you were closer to your mom. Right. And you were closer to your mom and your dad. And so that I think were, was the, were, were the things that were pushing you to, to making the decision and making that, that right decision with me. And I think at that point, that's when we were like, okay, this is a sign. I got to do it. Like, even for me, right? I was always the one who kind of always followed you on whatever we wanted or do. But I think at this point, I was like, okay, I can do it. I, there was some times where we would we would be quiet even during dinner because we were like, we're going to downsize. It may suck. I don't know what it's going to be like. Um, but I think I would look at you and there was times where I'm like, we can do this. We can do this. Like, I was being optimistic. And so we want you guys out there to know in order to do things in this world, in order to do crazy, dramatic, like hard stuff, you're going to have to do things that are going to put you out of your comfort zone. You're going to do things that are going to 
suck, like literally suck. You know, again, we were so grateful that we have a place to live in, but it was, it was, it was a small place in, in comparison of what we had. My message to you guys is you have to figure out a way to reach your goals any possible way. That's what we did. We looked at our situation and we said, okay, if we make this drastic change, would it benefit us? And the answer was yes. And so you've got to look at yourself and you got to look in the mirror and you have to put all options on the table in regards to fixing your problems that you want to fix, whether it be a marriage issue, family problems, uh, a financial problem. What are the options that you have in front of you to fix it? And whatever those options are, you literally have to evaluate every single one of them. And as crazy as they may seem, you have to take them into consideration. Because at the end of the day, the craziest one might be the best situation for you guys. And for us personally, the craziest decision was the best one and is the best one for us. I just want to encourage you guys out there that if you think that you're in this place where there's no, there's no hope and there's no possible way for you to fix your problems, there is. A, you might be looking in the wrong place for solutions. And B, maybe you're just not challenging yourself as much as you think you can. I mean, listen, again, we're normal people. There's nothing different about Alex and I than what we do. We wake up every morning, we go to work just like you do. We come home, we take care of our son just like most parents do. And there's nothing that we do differently than what you could be doing today to be fixing your problems. And so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to tell our story is because if we can do it, I know you can do it. And I definitely agree with you. And, and there's so much more that you can do. And it's all in your head and it's all in your thoughts. And so we want you to be encouraged with our story. That way you can make a change or a little difference in your life. We hope you continue to listen. That way you can hear about how we ended up saving fifty dollars to $60,000 in a year living in expensive Orange County, California. Thank you for tuning in today. No matter where you're watching or listening from, please subscribe, share, and review this episode or any of the episodes that you listen to. See you in the next episode.